0: Wasabi Wallet, unfairly private.
1: What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to the show. Glad to see you all here. There's people already piling in. Smash that like button. Give this a share. We are here for another Friday episode of Why Are We Bullish? It's my favorite time of the week. The best way to cap off the week. Why are we bullish? We've got a killer panel here today. We're gonna to talk about lots of fun stuff. As always, this is done live. Anything can happen. So a quick disclaimer from my good friend Bill. We'll
2: do it live. Okay. We'll, we'll do it live. Fuck it.
0: Do it live. I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. and Thing sucks
1: welcome again thank you guys give this a share let's get a ton of people in here we've already got like 90 people watching live and we barely just begun gives us a share smash like and as always i am ben with the btc sessions and this is your daily session huddle the
3: bitcoin
1: All right, so before we bring in our panel, of course, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. We're sitting around $54,091 per Bitcoin. That up a little bit from uh, our our previous dipping. Uh, We did dip down to uh, in and around the 50K range. It was 50400 something like that, that we got down to. Uh, But we've been coming back up. And we talked a little bit on the show yesterday uh, about some potential reasons for that. But we're going to get into that a little bit more. A few other metrics we want to look at. Sats per dollar. You can pick up 1,849 sats for a single U.S. dollar right now uh, in terms of there is 8888 of all bitcoin have been mined and for fees uh, up a little bit from last show 72 sats per byte will 73 now uh will get you into the next block and if you're willing to wait an hour around 40 sats per byte will do you uh quick shout out to sponsors of the show ledden.io you can use this uh to use uh, you can use your bitcoin for a variety of different services here uh for me it tends to be if i need to get my hands on dollars and i don't want to sell my bitcoin because You know, taxable event and worried about having to buy back and at a higher price. This has been kind of my go to. I'm able to to deposit, get dollars in my bank account within 24 hours. And when I pay that back, I get back the same amount of Bitcoin. Of course, they've also got their Bitcoin and USDC savings, and they've got their B2X offering, which instantly buys you more Bitcoin with the same loan mechanism. You can check out all of that in the links down below. Uh, Up next, of course, we've got the Kobo Vault, one of my regularly used hardware wallets. I love this thing, 100% air-gapped, keeping your keys safe and offline. Uh, It's all done via QR code. They do have their Bitcoin-only firmware, which, of course, I have installed. Secure Element, all the good stuff there. Uh, and I've been using it a lot with multi alongside my cold card, which is friggin' awesome. I love the thing. So check it out. Um, really, really great stuff. For reference, I'm using the Pro. It has the fingerprint scanner and the rechargeable battery. Uh, up next, I do live on Bitcoin. 100%. Well, not 100%. I, get, I do get dollars here and there, which I try to dump qu- very quickly. But... I do need to live uh, and one of the ways that I can help myself do that is through BitRefill. They have just every gift card you can imagine and just every, you know, they have tons of different countries. If you go for a scroll here, I'm sure your country will be listed and uh, you can pay via main chain or on Lightning Network if you so choose and you actually do earn sats back as you shop. So be sure to check them out. And finally, guys, please back up your Bitcoin wallets carefully. Whether it is a hot wallet or a cold wallet, uh, make sure that backup is secure. I've heard some horror stories this year from people that just did not do that. It was on paper. They threw it out or they got water damage on it and can't see the seat anymore. Things like that. You got to be careful. So one way to do this is to get it on steel with something like the Bill Foddle over on privacypros.io Check them out. Links below. And with that, let's wrap this up and let's start bringing in our awesome panel here. Uh, we've got Will. We've got J.M., We've got to keep it simple and maybe, just maybe, we'll get Guy Swan <laughs> from Bitcoin Audible. Uh, he may be very uh, preoccupied recording something uh, uh, as sometimes happens. But hey, we've got a killer friggin' panel, guys. Welcome. Uh, I'm going to go down the line and I'm going to let you guys, let everybody know who you are and I guess what you do or any other little tidbits that you want to throw in there really quick. So let's jump to Will. Will, can you let everybody know who you are, what you do?
4: Yeah, sure thing. So, hey, guys, um, I'm somewhat new on, on the Bitcoin scene. Uh, I started getting into Bitcoin maybe around uh, the end of last June. I'm a, I'm a finance uh, sophomore, sophomore major at uh, East Carolina University. Um, and basically, what, lately, what I've been doing is a lot of like on-chain analytics stuff, um, just kind of bouncing around with different uh, finance related kind of things. But yeah, lately, I've been uh, focusing on the on-chain stuff.
1: Awesome. Yes. Oh. And I've been retweeting the hell out of you. So thank you for, <laughs> for the it. solid content you've been putting out. Um, let's jump to keep it simple, dude, let people know who you are, what you do. Hey guys. Um, thanks for having me. I, uh, I make,
3: you know, easy, simple, practical guides to, uh, interact with Bitcoin safely, privately. Um, and, uh, I'm grateful to be on the show and looking forward to the conversation.
1: Awesome. Glad to have you, dude. Uh, A returning guest, as usual. And uh, let's jump to JM. Dude, can you let people know who you are, what you do?
0: Yeah. Well, my name is Jordan. Um, I am a missionary and a church planner living in Uruguay in Latin America. And as far as the Bitcoin goes, as far as Bitcoin goes, the thing that I'm most known for is I'm one of the co-authors of a book called Thank God for Bitcoin. Um, And so I wrote that alongside more notable names like jimmy song and robert breedlove and so yeah thankful to be here thanks for for the work of all the guys here
1: so. awesome awesome well guys i'm super stoked to have you guys all on the panel today again as i said this is always my favorite part of the week because i get to just sit back and chill and uh and enjoy having some fun time with uh some solid bit corners here uh so this is why are we bullish? And we kind of go by the three R's here. So uh, I'm going to start by giving a reason. We're going to riff on that reason. And then we're going to rotate to the next person. So really simple, super casual. I'm going to get us started. And I'm going to do a little screen share here because there's something that has me very bullish as of late. Let me just get my screen going here. Uh, it's it's an image and it's a it's a tweet that was shared out here. I'll do this. Okay. So... This is a tweet shared by Macro Unpuzzled, uh, and it shows all of the options expiries uh, throughout this bull run and kind of what has happened to the price uh, (laughs) after those those expiries. So uh, I'm just going to kind of for because some people may be listening to this on the pod later. If you can't see the image Uh, on the uh, 30th of October last year, we were at 13k when those options expired. By the time of the next expiry, after a significant pullback, we were at 17K. That was November 27th. By the time of the next expiry, expiry on december 25th we were at 23k by the time of the next expiry we were at 32k that was uh, on the 29th of january this year and by the time of the next expiry on february 26th it was 44 almost 45k and in each of those there's like almost immediately after the expiry or within like days of the expiry um there's significant upside to the price. So we just had a record amount, um, of Bitcoin expire in, in the, uh, on like Darabit on on a ton of different, uh, exchanges where, uh, there was $6 billion worth of options that just expired today. So that was a record. I believe it was 4 billion, um, was the previous record, I think just from last month, but a massive amount of, downside pressure was there up until that expiry uh and now that seems to have been lifted um and i mean we do already see it reflected in the price we were down you know people were worried about us breaking below 50 uh and it seems to have bounced back up so you know if that trend continues fantastic unless you're like waiting to stack all of us were chatting a little bit before we got started we're like if we could just wait maybe like five (laughs) days a week you know if there's some paychecks coming in wouldn't mind uh stacking a few more sats but um as i'm sure will be the case in most of my other paychecks it'll it'll pump just prior to it (laughs) arriving but um yeah i don't know i i find this interesting I've, i've been trying to learn a little bit more about how how these uh options markets operate and everything but uh i i do think it has some effect but maybe uh some of the other panel members will have other thoughts so i'm going to start tossing it down the line to get any thoughts if if you have anything specific to say about it or if you just in general feel pretty bullish looking at that chart you can let me know maybe let's let's go to will first because i know you were saying that you you had some interesting things that you were noticing there that you wanted to tag on
4: Yeah. To be honest, I think he touched on a a couple of the things I had to say, but, uh, in general, I just wanted to say, uh, like you said, the previous record was at the end of January and then after January price went up, I think it was like 98% or 99%. Um, and that previous record was 4 billion. Now we're seeing 6 billion. So that expired today. So it'll be interesting to see, um, what, what the price entails in the next couple of weeks. Uh, cause obviously, you know, it's, it's not going to be something that the second the options expire, you're going to, you're going to see the effect of it is more going to be in the, in the weeks following.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Do you know, are you super familiar with how the options markets work? Like have, have you done a lot of looking into that or, or is that not to be honest?
4: Though? Yeah. To be honest, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I know a little bit about it and I've tried to look into it, but I wouldn't, uh, say I'm like a derivative expert enough to give you like an informed opinion about it.
1: Yeah. Like my, my understanding is the general idea is, is somebody can sell or buy an option to buy or sell Bitcoin at a specific price at a specific date in the future. So like mm. if, if one person thinks that Bitcoin is going to drop and another person thinks that Bitcoin's going to go up, they may agree to buy Bitcoin, you know, in the future at a, at a certain price point, like the ones that just uh, expired, I believe they were saying the max pain point would have been if we had dropped down to 44 K. And so that means some people were saying, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to sell you Bitcoin at 44 K at this date in time. And I'm willing to buy Bitcoin from you at this date in time for 44 K. And if you're selling that then you kind of got to make sure that you you've hedged yourself there so you don't get screwed so you got to kind of take both sides of the bet to hedge it out but it's interesting i don't i i definitely miss some things there and i i don't fully grasp always but you know definitely there's definitely huge price movements in and around this kind of stuff um Kiss, do you have any thoughts on, on options? Are you just, do you just ignore this stuff or (laughs) what, how are are you feeling?
3: No, it's definitely interesting. Um, I participated in some of this before, you know, with options, there's always an opportunity cost. I guess I'll speak to, you know, the individual's perspective, right? There's an opportunity cost because if, if you, um, if you have to lock in Bitcoin or lock in Fiat in order to, buy the option, buy or sell the option, right? Depending on what side you're on. You have an opportunity cost, um, whether it's with you know um, cash, right? To be able to buy dips, or whether it's your Bitcoin to be able to do something with it. I'm very curious. I've been thinking about this a lot. There's a lot of talk about how much, how many coins are flying off exchanges, right? Uh, all these institutions are taking, are, are self custodying, and that's why you see this massive just, um, uh exit from institutions whereas like in 2017 uh, exchanges had a lot higher balances and I was listening to the um uh, Preston Pish's uh, Bitcoin podcast and he had um, he had a guy on uh, two episodes ago and they were talking about the cash and carry and they were also talking about the um,
4: Charles Edwards uh,
3: yes thank you Charles Edwards so they were talking about cash and carry, and then they started talking about um, a, a, another type of carry trade where you take the Bitcoin, let's say you blockify it, right? You, you put 10 collateral, you get back five worth, you get like 50% of it, and then you short Bitcoin, right? You do the cash and carry trade. And so I, was, I started thinking, and I, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but how much of this Bitcoin that's flying off of exchanges is then being locked up into this trade? And what happens if we get a 25, 35, whatever, whatever the, the, the floor is for, for that liquidation, right? And what does that do? Because I'm, I'm ultra uber bullish, uh, but you know, in, in the interim, right? In the short term, anything can happen. The craziest shit can happen. And so I started thinking about that because that was a vector uh, I hadn't even thought about. And Will, you know, you've written tremendous articles on Bitcoin Magazine. Um, I don't know if you have any, you know, any kind of nuanced opinion to, to to respond with, or any of you guys do, but I was just thinking about that, and I'm super bullish, but what kind of leveraged effect does that have on downside? Like, because it's getting, it's, it's, it's leverage, right? And we're getting more leverage than we were, you know, 2017,
4: 2016. So... Yeah, I, I can touch right. in real quick. I um, will just, just want to throw in there. So it, it's interesting because, um, you know, right now we kind of have like this, this feedback loop where um, the, the spread between the futures premium and, and the spot price is continuing to grow as you know, the volatility increases and price increases. Um, and, and so we're in this contango right now in the market. And, you know, as more people step in to do the trade, um, they're locking up more Bitcoin in escrow, which is almost like a second supply halving, which is accelerating, obviously, the price because there's less supply to be bought, et cetera, et cetera. And, but we're in this feedback loop. But what happens when it – I think this is what you're kind of getting at here is what happens when it comes back and unravels the other way and we right. get in. Um, which, to be honest, I, I don't really understand like uh, what the catalyst for that would be. Um, but it's definitely something to to think about.
1: As, as you finish up that thought, uh, we, we have uh, the addition of the tardiest member of today's <laughs> Why Are We Bullish? I'm going to razz him before he gets in here. Uh, the silky smooth voice of Guy Swan is joining the party. <laughs>
2: What
4: is up? Doing?
1: What's up, man? We said
2: five thirty, right? I was, I'm, <laughs> right on, I'm right on time. Big time, us. <laughs> that's that's all right. That's all I'm gonna right, blame so it uh, on my friends. I had some friends right? come in from out of town, and I thought they weren't gonna get here till late tonight. And then randomly the doorbell rings, and then we've been talking for like the last forty minutes. I had no idea what time it was. Not you must be
1: on, you, dude. You must be on Moscow time or something. That's what it was. <laughs>
2: on Moscow time. Yeah. It's, it's nineteen
1: fifty-two <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the memes in a moment. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, but we well, let's uh, toss this topic uh, over to uh, Jam, uh, dude. Do you have any thoughts about? You know, the the expiry of all these options um, and the historic president uh, this year, at least or this bull run uh, for the big runs that we've seen after them.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot to add on that front. I'll be completely honest with you. What I do see at that is like I just like you could just put a slogan like Bitcoin. If you're losing money, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, I just look at that chart. I'm like, how do like, just hold <laughs> like what? this is not hard. This is not complicated. It's just it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's It's amazing to me that that I mean, i I guess that's just some people's mo. they they want to play those yeah. games and they don't. so it's almost like they don't fully understand what they're dealing with, like the opportunity cost yeah. of of doing that. I don't get it. I, don't.
4: Yeah, I, I think one thing just to add in though is that you know, um, some of some of these options aren't naked per se. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a lot of them actually are probably just hedging against the uh, downside. so they're So they're eliminating some of that downside risk. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Awesome. Uh, And guy, I don't know if you heard much of it, but basically we're just talking about, I'll bring it up uh, one time just to, to show you here. One sec. Hold on. I got to find it on my feed, but I was, I was sharing this earlier. If I can find it here. Oh, there's us. We're live inception. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap! Um, (laughs) It is right here. Uh, So this, basically, this is the chart of the options expiries and uh, the runs that we had immediately thereafter. And the dips were just like massively above, even when the expiry happened. So, anyways, I don't know. Have you been looking much into these options expiries, guy? I have not actually. Um, I, um,
2: you know, Bitcoin loves to just take a rally and then breathe for a minute. Um, So uh, and I don't know exactly the ins and outs of what the liquidity for these options are or uh, I I really haven't thought in depth about it. Um, I'm just so long Bitcoin like just in general that it just seems like, okay. so it moves this way for 15 days. I don't like, it's, it's like, is that a time scale I really care about? You know, um, but it would probably, I'm sure there's something very interesting to uncover there um, and probably worth an episode on the show. But no, I haven't. I haven't really dug into it. All
1: right. Fair enough. That's that's fair. You heard it here first from Guy Swan himself. Guys, stop screwing with that stuff. Stay calm. Stack sats. Be humble. All, all the good things. Uh, we're going to get to our next reason for being bullish here. But before we do that, of course, also, uh, uh, people are, are calling out. They're seeing chairs. There are chairs. There are scammers <laughs> in the room. Why is everybody sitting? I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Where this actually- is actually just like a short cushioned wall behind me. And I'm yeah. squatting. So, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in a deep squat at all times. That's all. Right. Uh there's like quads,
2: quads are massive. Yeah. Yeah, giga we've qu- all quad 4. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's.
1: <laughs> it means when your quads are four times the size of a regular quad from a lack of chair. That's right. I love it. Gig,
0: giga quads we have.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So let's uh get into our next reason for being bullish. Um I will say there's over 100 people watching live smash that like button give this a share that will help get even more people in and watching Uh, but we're actually going to jump to will here uh, because he had some interesting stuff also if you are not following will on Twitter dude is dropping hot fire on my feed on the regular. So his stats and some of his pieces are, have been fantastic. So dude, uh, take it away. What has you feeling bullish this week?
4: Yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, I appreciate it. Um, the big thing for me, I would say is that you know, in, in the last week, despite uh, some of the volatility that we've had, you can see on chain that a lot of these coins are being moved to um, what I use Glassnode. There's there's several different uh, data providers that you can use, but the one that I, I use mostly is Glassnode, and they have a metric called um, a liquid supply, and so this basically measures um, addresses that that have a tendency not to sell for a long period of time, and so in in the last week um, on chain we've seen well over ten billion dollars worth of Bitcoin being moved to um, these liquid addresses, which is of course uh, very very bullish. Um, and i think you know sometimes people can confuse the fact that uh they they say oh coins are being moved off exchanges why isn't the price going up immediately um and and the the thing is you're not really going to see the full effect of of this liquidity crunch if you will until we start to see more waves of demand probably towards the end of the year as more uh companies and, or institutions look to take positions in Bitcoin. And then you'll really see the full effect of, um, uh, of there not being uh, Bitcoins available to buy. And so that's that's something that I'm really keeping my eye on. Um, I, I think the, the coins not on exchanges kind of comes down to like three main factors. Um, the first is just, you know, in general, there's, there's more kind of uh, institutional grade uh, custody solutions. And just, I think, a more broad awareness about the importance of, of putting your Bitcoins into cold storage. The second reason is um, you start to see a lot of a lot of miners on chain have actually stopped selling and have actually accumulating. And so I think that also can have something to do with with the lending and borrowing markets that we now have that weren't around like, you know, there a lot of the infrastructure around now wasn't around in the previous two uh, bull cycles. And so now miners can access liquidity to kind of finance their operations without having to uh, sell their coins onto the market and you see um, some of them are actually accumulating so marathon which i think is one of one of the better known uh, publicly traded companies that that mine bitcoin they've actually publicly come out and said yeah we we we're finance we're taking out debt to finance and buy bitcoin so that's another thing on chain that that I really have my eyes on because if there's no Bitcoins being dumped onto the market, that's also adding to this kind of liquidity crisis that that we have in Bitcoin. And and the final thing is what we had touched on earlier with the contango trade, which is, this is more speculative and there's not really a lot of data that we can see exactly that that that's there. Um, You can look at like uh, futures, open interest, I I suppose. And also just like in general that the, uh, the amount of assets that, that BlockFi has under management, I think that maybe you could kind of throw in there, but there's nothing definitive to to know that this is existing at least uh, to what extent that it that it's going on. But I think the Bitcoin being locked up in escrow until these until the trade uh, the Contango trade is expired, I think that's something else that's adding as well. And then one other small thing is. is like the Grayscale, for example, like the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, the way it's set up is they can't move those coins for like six months. So there's a couple other small things like that where where the coins are being locked up and they can't move. So it's really hard to say exactly what's causing it, but those those are the kind of the factors that I think are at least mostly attributing to it.
1: Damn. (laughs) Uh, Coming with the data. I love it. Uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it seems like, a good portion of the world are are starting to become good Bitcoiners. Not your keys, not your coins. They're they're moving things uh, out of out of counterparty risk uh, in in some of these uh, situations. Like I'm I'm wondering if the the pleb factor has a little bit of that. I'm, I mean, obviously, that they're nowhere on the scale of these large institutions, but you know, you get people like. Michael Saylor where he's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I've got billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin and, and the cyber hornets are telling me to self custody and run a node and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. while that won't be everyone, it's really cool to see that play out. And, and you have Elon Musk tweeting, Hey, we're running our own nodes. And if you pay in, you know, that was another thing that came up. If you pay for a Tesla in Bitcoin as of this week, uh, we're not selling it. We're just putting it in cold storage and keeping it. You know, we've got plenty of dollars to dump. So, um, yeah, I, I love I love seeing that people are, are holding their sats that they're stacking or full bitcoins if you're elon musk or (laughs) sailor but uh let's toss it down to jm do you have any thoughts on on this you know money moving off exchanges is this just like an extension of the the ethos of bitcoin being played out on a grander scale
0: yeah i I love it because i just see like i mean the humility of people being able to look at what's happened the last eight years and and plan accordingly Like that you're supposed to i mean if you think about just things that just in their normal world like you have seasons like things where you benefit from so like you know crops and all these kind of things they have natural seasons and that allows you to plan it's a bless it's a blessing to people that that happens you can you can occupy yourself with other things that you don't have to be working tirelessly to try to make money all the time and so bitcoin allows this to happen it gives you you know there's seasons where there's two years where you know the price goes down and everything stabilizes and then two years where, you know, where everything kind of explodes upward and, you know, you get new growth. And so I just think it's just the fact that people are recognizing that and beginning to, you know, kind of plan accordingly. I just think it's a it's a great thing for the space. I think it's a great thing for humanity. <laughs> um, I think like you just, we've, humanity's reaped the benefit, you know, for the last 50 years of what it looks like when, you know, money is the ultimate decision-making thing, you know, over and above people's, you know, welfare. Um, and so you've seen, I mean, again, I, shout out to uh, heavily armed clown and ben prentice you know w wtf happened in 1971 i mean just like it's it's that website just basically screams this is not sustainable and you know this is just the most recent you know example of you know steps in the right direction so i'm super super thankful for you know for just this whole space and everybody involved (laughs) so
1: I love it. Have you seen uh, on the topic of of the the predictability uh, predictability of uh, Bitcoin? Have you seen the yearly candle chart where it's just a single candle for each year? (laughs) And it's literally it's like it's like green, 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 red, green, green, (laughs) green, green, red. You can just live your life on a four year cycle and you'll be totally fine. It's like it's like the easiest cheat sheet I've ever seen. Exactly. (laughs) Let's toss. I love it. (laughs) Let's toss it to now that it it mixed up the order on my screen. But let's toss it to Guy, and then we'll get uh, keep it simple after. For your thoughts. Sweet. All
2: right. Um. So on the movement to uh, like movement from exchanges, um. I think it's a pretty strong indicate. I mean, I think it's crazy bullish. Um. Just. I mean, just on its face, right? Is that you're moving you're moving capital away from the place where you sell the capital, um, and like so, like that that is inherently suggesting that there is a long term position, whether it be infrastructural or uh, long term savings or institutional. Um, and I, I think it's just a or or something like selling these futures contract and the taking advantage of the contango <laughs> trade. Um, and uh, like Preston Pish. Um, uh, I had a great conversation with Preston Pysh and we like went into this for like an hour and 40 minutes and like I I just don't see how the, the development of interest rates in the Bitcoin space and more importantly, the over collateralization of reserves in the Bitcoin space is going to create a profoundly efficient and sustainable market, even with all the volatility in the Bitcoin price. Um, And the fact that that is developing, I think all of these are just signals of how how incredibly mature the market has become in the last year to two years, Uh, because you're seeing I mean, this this is the move to institutional long term positions, Um, even if even if we're looking at and I don't even know, Will, maybe, you know, uh, whether or not the um, glass node statistic has like BlockFi and unchained and Ledden and these other services included in it is that that's That might be a lot of what we're looking at is people are actually um, loaning uh, or because we actually have a loan market now, we have an interest rate market within Bitcoin, is that people are able to keep their Bitcoin and still access the fiat value of it and manage it as a debt um, and still actually hold on to their keys. Um, And that shows that shows it's a a dichotomy particularly when you look at the that same metric back in 2017 how short that period was where it was actually falling um is that we've moved wholly from a speculative bubble to a to a very strong like infrastructural demand you know like this is just not the same game that we played in 2017 and uh and then the other thing that just has me hilariously bullish that just kind of makes me giggle is that people think it's like the Bitcoin price falling to fifty thousand is a crash. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just it, like like people are literally worried on Twitter that Bitcoin is falling. I'm like, what where where have you been? You? <laughs> what like seriously? And uh it just I just it just was I don't I don't remember who tweeted it. Um but uh somebody said literally like six months ago when the price was 5000 or something like that. Everybody was joking about how it was going to crash to $50,000. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> here we are. It hadn't been a year, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think all of these are signs that, you know, regardless of what a lot of the facade of the public opinion is about Bitcoin and the crappy journalism, which is just crap anyway, in um, uh, the, the perception of what Bitcoin is, I think it's showing that when the CEOs and the board boardrooms are sitting down, they're taking this very seriously, um, and uh, this is becoming a very robust and legitimate asset class. Um, and that Bitcoin is taking taking the whole taking the whole
1: cake. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Kiss. Any thoughts here that you want to tag on? <coughs> Sorry. No yeah, worries.
3: <clears throat> Sorry, it goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'd like to hold the intention that it is bullish, and you know, I'm ultra bullish. Uh, but again, if we, if we go back to the conversation, if, if if all these outflows are going into leverage to take advantage of that cash and carry trade, especially since a lot of this is institutional money. I'm completely speculating here, right? I'm just putting it out there. If we drop 50 60%, you know, that's still $25,000. That's phenomenal to guys point. Like that is still amazing, right? But if you came in with a 20 or 30 million dollar position of $45,000, it's a very different story. So, um, you know, in the short term, I think we're going to see, you know, some of these kind of these ups and downs. Um, but in the long term, you know, we're going up. We know which way we're going. So I would love, I would love to, to, to better understand, and I think a lot of people would, um, you know, how much of, of that outflow from exchanges is going into places that are maybe more opaque, that something like Glassnode or, you know, people that build their own proprietary um, tools on the blockchain um, can't see, right? And how, how that's locked up and how, you know, what, what the, the cascade effects are of that. Um, that's it. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, Will, you have a, you wanted to share something, uh, a chart that you had.
4: Oh yeah. So I, I shared my screen with you. I don't know if it, it came through, but I have the, the balance on exchange chart pulled up and it and, and there's two boxes and the one on the left. Wait, did
1: you, did you hit share already?
4: Uh, I believe so. Here, hit, oh, hit wait,
1: share. Oh wait, okay. Here we go. Here we go.
4: Yeah. There, okay. we go. Okay, right.
1: there we go. Okay. I'm going to bring it in. There we go. Okay. Cool. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. So on, on the left hand side, you can see that the left box, that's from the, the 2017 run and constantly throughout, you know, as the price rose, you saw more coins being moved onto exchanges. So that really indicates that it was kind of retail driven. And then now you can see on the right hand side that coins are the how steep the amount of coins being moved off exchange. It's just so much deeper than than any other time. And and you know, like like we were saying earlier, it could be a bunch of different reasons, but that's definitely going to have an impact on the price. Um, and one other thing, I just wanted to touch on something that Guy said. So in, in regards to the interest rates, it's really interesting because if we have the these risk-free rates that blow out to just as a round number, we'll say 20%, because I don't think that's that unreasonable, to be honest. And these rates are kind of... Essentially, they're, they're um, an outcome of hyper Bitcoinization as we move further through this process of hyper, hyper Bitcoinization, the rates are going to continue to blow out. If we get out to 20 percent, you know, when you're when you're valuing assets, you use a discount rate, which is essentially a risk free rate, which right now is, is most people use the 10 year treasury. So like if you're doing this a discount cash flow model on a stock, for example, right. And, and so right now, the average P.E. ratio of the S&P 500 is over 34. It's like 34 and some change the last time I checked, which isn't I mean, it's overvalued in, in relative terms to other points in history. But it's when you compare it to what you're using as your discount rate, it's really not that overvalued because they've manipulated the interest rate down so far. And so if you start to have these these what Bitcoin is, is a free and open market interest rates that are 20 percent. You're going to need to see P.E. ratios fall to five, and, and that would just be matching the, int- the risk free rate. So I'm not going to take on risk if I'm not going to I'm not going to have the same percent return on something that has risk versus something that doesn't have risk. So I'm going to need a substantial more uh, substantially more uh, return on that on that equity to make up for for the risk, which is called in finance is called the risk premium. So you're going to need to not only see P.E. ratios fall to five if we have 20 percent Bitcoin risk free rates, but substantially less than five. And just to put that into context, if, if they fall down to five from. Thirty-four plus, you're looking at an eighty percent stock market correction.
2: Yeah, so oh my God. That's and where, that was that's that was where, the big thing: is the crash in equities that would subsequently need to desperately find value. And you've got that risk-free rate sitting over in your left hand. Like, why, why would, did we not do this from the get? go Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and this
4: is where like a lot of people that that hold, like MicroStrategy, for example, you know, they're like, oh yeah, Michael Saylor is going to turn MicroStrategy into a Bitcoin bank, which he might. I mean, that's great, but When you're looking in terms of what you want to be holding through the end of this hyper bitcoinization process you want to be holding the underlying bitcoin because all these equities if you if you believe that bitcoin is going to become the dominant form of money these interest rates are going to follow through with that process and that's going to crash everything
1: Mm-hmm. And somebody asked, uh, where did the, like the 20% risk-free rate come from? Was that just like a, a number? You yeah, that was just out, a
4: number I, I brought up off the top of
2: my
0: head,
4: but...
1: It's a I hypothetical. Think- I think it's like 6% right now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, um, there was, there was some buzz on Twitter, like the last few days, because BlockFi dropped their interest rate on Bitcoin, um, uh, but then the interest rates on on borrowing like USDT and stuff like that, depending on where you go, can are quite high, like double digits. And so they it tends to be like a a um, or not not borrowing but uh, lending it to them um, uh, in like a savings account. And it tends to be because people don't want to right now. People don't want the risk of lending out their Bitcoin, but they're happy to to. I guess, lend, lend out their, uh, their dollars. And then they're able to turn that around for, um, you know, people will borrow it for a high rate and they'll go and what, use that to speculate on, on Bitcoin. Is that what they're doing with when they're like borrowing USDT from these people? Like, I, I, I think that's because like people aren't borrowing, Bitcoin from them at, at, or they're not willing to pay as much to borrow the Bitcoin from them, right? If they can't give as high of an interest rate, is that right?
4: I don't I don't know, but I will say the people that are borrowing Bitcoin are probably doing that uh, the cash and carry trade. I, I just don't see why else you would be borrowing Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, if you, if you borrow the Bitcoin and you do something with it and that was a bad idea, and then the Bitcoin price continues to go up and now you don't have the Bitcoin and you're trying to pay back the debt. That's that could, that could be dangerous. I imagine (laughs) hazardous to your health. Uh, Yeah. Let's uh, let's keep this rolling guys. There's 150 some people in here. Smash that like, give us a share. We're going to keep it going and we're going to toss it to JM. Uh, And dude, we're going to get you uh, and on your reason for being bullish this week. And I should say people in the chat, uh, keep it coming. I'll bring up uh, any comments and stuff that I see that are, are relevant to what we're talking about, but jam, take it away. Yeah. What has you feeling bullish?
0: Yeah, man. The thing that has me bullish again, this is, this is kind of the mode that I get into a lot. Cause like I'm not super great on like the technical analysis and stuff like that. But one of the things that I do is I just, just reflect, just keep reflecting. I like, just kind of like looking around at like what's going on and just trying to appreciate, you know, like everybody who's involved in this space. Um, I just think it's just a really powerful group of people um, just given the principles and um, just the the character traits of bitcoiners is just one of the things that gets me just excited the more every time i meet a bitcoiner i'm just like this person sees the world <laughs> in a way that is just more real than the way that wall street and you know this fiat you know fiat bubble inflated world sees the world and so I just think there's so many people. Um, you just think about, I mean, the cryptocurrency. I mean, the crypto cryptography obviously that underlies, um, underlying, underlies Bitcoin is obviously a humongous thing. This, you know, belief in the, necess- the necessity for privacy. Um, you know, that the government governments aren't gods. They don't have the right to do whatever they feel like doing. Um, they have to be checked and bound by rules as well. And so cryptography enables that in a lot of ways. Um, so you have people who are who are working on that. I mean, obviously you have, you know. Satoshi Nakamoto. You have Hal Finney. Like all these guys who you know kind of went before us. You know the, these guys who, I mean, they literally gave. I mean, I think about Satoshi. and It blows my mind. Like the guy gave away his best idea. Like rather than you know you have all of these you have we have this world where everyone's trying to save you know tie up their IP for as many years as possible as they can they can just you know, selfishly hoard you know, not even necessarily selfishly but just trying to hoard as much gains for themselves as possible and just the whole. The whole idea of open source projects, just giving it away. And obviously the, the idea is that down the road you're gonna you make you're gonna win bigger if you do that. Um so those guys from the outset, but then you just got you got people, um, you know, Paul Etoy from Sphinx, you know, just building this web 3.0, just all those kind of guys. You've got, I mean, obviously for me, one of the my interest to Bitcoin was the um Tales from the Crypt Pod. And so you've got Matt who just mm-hmm. drilling into my head, you know, the importance of privacy. And so I'm sitting there like going down the privacy rabbit hole, <laughs> finding all mm-hmm. these privacy resources. And then I'm like sharing them, to, you know, with people and friends and family and just looking at showing the importance from a lot of different, um, a lot of different perspectives. You've got, um, I mean, you've got, <laughs> yeah, you just got, um, just, I mean, you got today, Jesse Berger, uh, who's mm-hmm. Matt, who wrote the book magic internet money, put out this, article called risk it for the brisket i don't know how i can share this let me see let me do uh let's see if i can share there's this, this book, by the way yeah oh there you go perfect so he <laughs> we're just we're wrote closing
2: this closing up that audio book by the way so oh are cool. you yes very, very soon on that one still waiting for layered money to get uh approved as well but uh yeah, yeah we did magic awesome. internet money. that was so good
0: there's, there's... yeah so, so he just i got actually... them
1: all if you wrote a book it's here <laughs> people are
0: <laughs> so, waiting on that layered money he just put out a, an article today called Risk It for the Brisket that basically looks at the, the Adamson barbecue situation going on in Canada and just, you know, why that is a big deal. And just kind of for people maybe who are in the States who haven't been following as much. I mean, him just laying out like the political implications um, and so how Bitcoin would help, you know, not, you know avoid a world like this. Um, you've just got obviously you got Robert Breed guys like Robert Breedlove and Gigi who are just taking on the philosophical side of things and just kind of helping people think through. Um, just way step you know a bunch of steps beyond just their, their immediate you know their immediate situation. Like these are where these things are going, and helping people think, you know, with a, a lower time preference. Um, you've got Jack Mallers who's working on you know international payments. I mean, like I uh, our church here, I'm um, I help with a church small church point about sixty people here in in uh, the capital city in Uruguay, and about forty percent of our church are Venezuelan immigrants. And so, I mean, all these people have seen their, their lives get destroyed by fiat money and by government ability to print money and, you know, just trying to preserve the, the value of their money and, and access it and all these kind of things. And Jack Mallers is out there, you know, enabling them to, you know, just buy, you know, purchase other currencies and hold them, you know, super easily. So, I mean, then, again, you've got, then you've got our blunt objects, you know, I, I think of American HODL and Bitcoin, yes. you, know, you know, like they're, they're just blunt objects. We just throw at people, you know, and just... Again, it's not that they're not brilliant; they are brilliant. But then, just they sheer their sheer volume and power just overwhelms people. Um, I just, yeah. I just love the Bitcoin community. Matt Hill, um, I'm a big fan of the the Start Nine Embassy and just everything that they're doing. Um, just, just the importance of individuals, the importance of families, um, the decon, just deconstruction of um, and decentralization of of humanity is just something that's really important and that causes, you know. Is going to um, enable a lot more freedom and a lot more human flourishing um, than is currently able to happen in this uh, current environment. So I just and again, all of you guys here, I'm sitting here I, when I when when Ben, you know, reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to participate. I'm like, let's see, keep it simple Bitcoin. Uh, I was using his videos the other day. I was like looking at cold coin video, cold card videos, and appreciate him, guy. Sorry, man, we didn't get you our, the, uh, the Thank God for Bitcoin audiobook. But like, seriously, I've appreciated your work. You know, Will, I was just mentioning before we got on the air that I have a cousin who in the three or four days leading up to, to today, he's been sent me, probably sent me 30 of Will's tweets. Um, and then BTC sessions, I'm sitting here like, you know, Ben, like your your videos have helped me and I've, I've sent them to a bunch of family members. So, I mean, just the fact that like the whole the whole Bitcoin atmosphere is built around adding value to other people. Um, You know, it's built around serving and helping people and providing their needs and and making money off of adding value to people and not, you know, having zero sum games where you you get money at people's expense. So I just the entire ethos of the community um, is just something that means a lot to me and that just has me bullish as I think about the, you know, the months and years that are that are to come. So
1: I love it. I love it. Bullish on Bitcoiners. I'm bullish on existing Bitcoiners and I'm bullish on new Bitcoiners because. Uh, I've got a three-year-old daughter, and in one week, I will have uh, a son alongside uh, her. Man, so, congratulations.
0: congratulations!
1: Yeah, so so I'm I'm uh, I'm minting Bitcoiners over here. Yes, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's I've got one for the past, uh, one for each of the past two epochs. So we'll see if <laughs> we can keep up that pace. Nice. The Congrats, BG dude! That's awesome.
0: Having. He's got a yeah, people. yeah. The having event.
1: Yeah, the having of my relevance in the family as a whole. <laughs> I'll toss it to uh Guy Swan here. Uh you know, JM's bullish on Bitcoiners. Maybe you want to toss out uh, a few of your your favorite uh bitcoiners that you think are are doing great things and are, are an asset to the space or any other thoughts that you have here, too. Holy crap. <laughs> not to put you on the spot or anything useful, I want to like, know your dude, top number one bitcoiner Bitcoin. you, you can only Lord. name one, you're not allowed it, you exclude everybody else and they will all feel bad oh
0: my god <laughs> no, just, um,
2: <laughs> seriously the, the, the number of bitcoiners who have like I mean it's insanely bullish the number of people who have left something else and have tried to Devote everything to the Bitcoin space. I mean, I'm just watching, and it's like you know, Swans hired people, chains hiring people, or whatever. And people like in my uh, the Audio Knots group, or whatever, in the Telegram, somebody's like, "I just got a job at blah blah blah," you know. Um, and it's it's like a steady stream of people, just like how do we how do we keep building this out? And I get constant, I get constant messages of people like, you know, I love the show. I've been trying to figure out how I could actually contribute to Bitcoin in some way. If you ever need any help. Like, I'm here, I want to build and do things here in Bitcoin. Um, and I think it just goes to show how how deep the, the care and the reasoning, like the philosophy and the reason for being here really goes. Um, and that this is not just something where... <clears throat> You know, I mean, this is not crypto where it's just like it's either you and we've got crypto kitties and number go up. Like this is something that really changes how people think about things and how people think about building solutions for the future. Um, And they're very serious about it. Um, And uh, I just I'm I'm crazy bullish on all of it. And I've gotten more proposals to read books than I know what to do with. And uh, everybody's just writing awesome stuff like awesome stuff. I mean, I'm up to like 170 authors or whatever that I've read. I mean, I've read a lot of things like from people who have like five articles or 15 articles like Parker Lewis or something um on the show, but like there's still just so many new people that I keep bumping into and new great articles have some interesting perspective on it um or an analogy or a way to think about something that just was almost there but they just add some spice to it that you're like, holy crap, and it it sees it so much more vividly in a new way. Um, and there's still just so much thought being contributed to the space. Uh, and I, I'm just I'm just crazy I'm just crazy bullish on all of that. Like I think I think the space has grown and the amount of uh, time and devotion that people are turning around and trying to give back to Bitcoin. Um, the fact that that I see is continually increasing i think is awesome I,
1: I love what john said in the chat here and black hole industry sucks everybody in from their regular jobs a hundred percent i love it uh look kiss what do you what are you feeling are you bullish on bitcoiners too do you have any that uh come to mind
3: <clears throat> yeah you know it's um i can speak from personal experience just the the motivation to to, to contribute um is become so strong, for me, I uh, I felt like I, I have, like I, I spent a year and a half just trying to figure out how to do it in a, in a, in a way that actually delivers value um, because I, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do it. And I think, I, it feels like to me, everybody that we're talking about shares that like same spark, you know, JM, sees the spark, shares it, like, and so it's so important because the, the, um, I guess what people outside of the space coming into the space, looking into the space, you know, like laser eyes, things like that. They see people that they label radical or extreme or whatever it is, because to see a human being that stands for something so Fully and so powerfully is in our present fiat system such a um, rare thing, right? It's uncommon because everybody is just droning along, droning along, trying to make the best of it, but not even really standing for much of anything. And it's good because it wakes other people up. Everything that we do and the stance that we take wakes people up and that's valuable. And I, and <clears throat> I was listening to um, uh, Peter McCormack's podcast with, um, with uh, American HODL and um, just while I was working today on a, on a guide and American HODL was talking about how everybody in his real life doesn't listen. And that's the same thing for me too. Nobody in my, in my, in my real life ha- you know, has any exposure to Bitcoin. And I told every single one of them and like I bought them books, Bitcoin stats, like spent money and time and energy. Nobody listens. Right. But who's listening? Who am I helping people? I don't even know that reach out to me on the Internet. And I think that's also something that a lot of people can relate to. It's like, oh, the people that I want to help the most don't want to be helped. And four years ago, I told you to do this. And now I mean, what are we, 50 X? I mean, we're way above 50 X from when I was sending people Bitcoin standard, right? Maybe less than that. But it's like, oh, you could have helped yourself, but you didn't. And you know what? I can't feel bad for you. I love you. But, you know, you can only help yourself. Like, I can't really help anyone. I can just do what I think is valuable and hopefully it helps people. And if it does, I keep doing that. That's the best that I can do. And the same for all of us, right? Like, you just got to keep it moving and and. Focus your energy where you feel like it's it's best served. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so bullish, because I see people doing that all over Twitter. And I know that there's so much of it that we don't even see. Yeah. Uh, super bullish.
1: Yeah, 100%. There's so many great people in the space that are contributing so much. Um, Will, I don't know if, I mean, you're one of them that you've been putting out great stuff uh, as of late. But are, are there any people that stand out to you that you've kind of um you know have helped you you're relatively new into the space so like who <laughs> who did you get uh you know who did you start off with when with your learning?
2: Can I interrupt real quick i just will yeah. what's your handle do i follow okay. you
4: uh i i think so it's it's w uh Clementi which is c l e oh
2: oh, oh. I didn't even I didn't even recognize you. Yeah, follow you. (laughs) It's the the
4: laser eyes, man. You came. It was. was,
2: Where are they? What did you do? You cut them off. Uh,
4: (laughs) (laughs) But but to answer your question, man. um, Well, first of all, I just wanted to to touch on something Kiss said that. uh, You know, I think with all due respect to you guys, I'm young. My generation hasn't been taught uh what i feel like is is kind of like this complacency and and you and i feel like with with years and years of this kind of fiat uh way of thinking and 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 has kind of been drilled into generations before it's hard to change that way of thinking and so i think for like me and my generation we're young and you know to to some extent i think like our our ignorance is an asset to us and to the extent that we don't, we don't know anything different. Like, like I haven't, I haven't grown up in the incentive structure built around fiat currency. I've just, you know, come to, luckily, you know, I came across Bitcoin, but I didn't know any different. I was just like, Oh yeah, this is way better than, than paper currency. (laughs) And like, I never even think of it as like, you know, um, something like I had to make this big turnaround to, to move over into this thing. So I think that's, you know, over the next couple of decades, I think, um As your generation gets a little older, I think um, I think the younger the younger people are going to be especially because of the digital aspect of it, but also because they don't know any different and, and in that sense, I think they'll be a lot more hands hands on with with Bitcoin and um, they'll accept it easier. It won't take as much for them to transfer over from the old fiat system if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. are you noticing amongst? Like, amongst people that you talk with that are your age, um, I mean, do, do, first of all, do any of them like reference Bitcoin? Have you had those talk- conversations with people around you? And like, what's the general feel? Like, is it, is there a lot of the, oh, like it's, it's boiling the oceans kind of FUD? Or is it like, is there interest? Is there curiosity? Or is there just like, I don't care. Like what, what's your feel around that? And
3: is there rampant shitcoining pointing too? Please answer that.
4: <laughs> yeah, man. Um, the unit bias is, is, a, is a big problem <laughs> for yeah. sure. But the, the big thing is that people are, are um, they're very accepting of, of the digital space because that's what we've all grown up in. You know, I've grown up, I've always had the internet. I don't know any, any different. I've always had a cell phone. And I had my first cell phone when I was in like fourth grade. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like I grew up with it and, and so did everybody else around me. So to us, it's very native. And we, to us, it's just kind of natural to have the digital currency via the internet. And, and in that sense, people are much more willing to – th- I think like for my parents, for example, like I'm still working on them. But for them, you know, they're older and they're like – Oh, internet money, you know, how's it? How can you, you not know, just create more? Like all those those kinds of things. Cause they just they they haven't been able to wrap their head around the whole internet. Like my my parents aren't very tech tech savvy or any of those kinds of things. So I think that that's part of the reason why everybody in my generation has been much more hands-on. But but yeah, they, they have been asking a lot of questions. Uh, there's a lot of shit coining. But aside from that. They just need they just need the, the little discussion, and then they're like, okay, I get it. But but it's there, like like the potential for them to understand it is there, and they're open minded to to figuring it out, which is which is I think what what really matters. And, and to answer your other question, um, in regards to people that that I kind of look up to in the space, um, first of all, Preston Pish, because he's the one that that really got me into. Originally, the discount cash flow based kind of investing, and that's what led me to the realization that you need sound currency to make a uh, economic calculation based off of free cash flow. So that was a big uh, light bulb moment for me. But I think he takes this financial understanding, and he has like this very deep financial background, and he's able to apply that. And he's kind of like the bridge between the old traditional. Yeah fiat system to this new system. And he's able to kind of word things in a way that are understandable for people that are outside of the Bitcoin space. So I think he's one. Plan B as well. Plan B is brilliant. I think he's got a lot of experience in in the fixed income space. And he knows a lot about derivatives as well, which is something that I'm trying to wrap my head around, but, but he's very knowledgeable on that. And then from a, from an on chain uh, perspective, Willie Wu for sure. I think he was like mm-hmm. the OG on chain analyst, but but he's created most of the metrics that I'm looking at on Glassnode. He created <laughs> half of them, so <laughs> that, that guy that guy's a genius.
1: Awesome, I love it. It I blows think- my mind that you're 18. I'm I'm literally so my birthday is tomorrow and i'm actually i'm turning uh double your age tomorrow so hey. you know, you, you, i can feel birthday. bad about that and you feel good about that should again. we all sing should we all no. sing in like half a second delay <laughs> Happy yeah. Yeah.
0: try and harmonize it. yeah I did, uh, let me but, just add one thing too just kind of will was mentioning kind of the the dynamic of You know the older people, and not you know a more the the concept of a digital world being harder for them to kind of square with. I actually had a conversation with a you know a a Uruguayan lady here about the other day about it, and she had spent some time in Sweden. And there's a town in Sweden I'm sure you guys know what it is. There's a town in Sweden where like they accept Bitcoin everywhere, and so she was saying that it's it was a kind of it's a kind of a controversial thing there because the older people don't understand it, and so it's like this thing where the older people are at a disadvantage. And so she was presenting that as maybe like a negative of of a Bitcoin, where you know, as of a world where Bitcoin plays a bigger role. And the conversation I had with her was honestly, for the last 50 years, you know, the people who grew up in that area, so the people who are older now, have been at have had a severe advantage over young people, you know, given you know the price of assets and all these other things that young people have been at a complete disadvantage. And so it's really kind of appropriate. I, I mean, I think it's it's really interesting to see how you know Bitcoin is kind of you know maybe tipping the scales back, so there's not quite that same level of, of, of inequality. You know, it's, it is really just interesting how things happen.
4: <laughs> VJ put out a chart the other day and it was, it was comparing, um, the difference between, I don't want to get the generation wrong, but it was, it was essentially the older generations compared to I think millennials and the gap is just huge. And, and the real reason I think, and I think you guys would agree is that the monetary policy in the last couple decades of manipulating interest rates, and then, of course, QE over the last 10 years. But uh, I think th- those older generations had benefited so much from the money printing just by holding assets that are going up in default just because there's more units that they're being measured in. Um, so so like you said, I completely agree that, that now the playing field is kind of being measured. Um, and, and it also aligns with – in Ray Dalio's book uh, – Big debt crises. He talks about these different ways that that uh, these debt crises are are resolved. And there's austerity. There's you know uh, like UBI and, and direct money. And then and there's QE. And then the very last thing, when all those you know manipulating interest rates. And the very the very last thing, when when all those things aren't working anymore, the last thing is wealth transfer slash revolution. And so usually what that entails is some kind of conflict, you know, usually a war. And you know, if you look at the history of, of like these debt, these debt cycles and credit cycles, usually it ends in some kind of war. But now I think Bitcoin is offering this new outlet. Where you know, if if Bitcoin wasn't here, I mean, there'd be have there'd have to be some kind of endgame to all of this. And Bitcoin offers, I think, the most peaceful revolution and wealth transfer to resolve resolve the, the debt crisis that we're in. In addition to uh, the inequality and and the difference between these generations that that have resolved, the you know, have came about because of because of the money printing.
1: Well, if you if you haven't read it already, you should read the fourth turning. Um, oh, it's yeah. very much it. about oh, it's it's I I'm actually about halfway through it right now. I sadly hadn't read it, but um, yeah, I'm I'm actually listening on audiobook right now. But uh, it's solid. It's ba- it's basically talking about. Kind of these 20-year generational shifts and kind of these different epochs and how these uh, after about four turnings there's this, some sort of big crisis that that resets and puts us into like an awakening a new era um basically it goes uh, on the premise of uh hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men weak men create hard times. Um, and so it's just kind of cycles through and based on kind of when you're born and what you're experiencing at certain points of your life, you'll have a different type, uh, archetype and how you respond to those external stimuli. It's really, really cool. And it's, it definitely makes me think of kind of like where I'm at with my generation, where my parents were at and where my kids are going to be at. And it's, it's unique to have like people of different generations discussing this stuff. You know, we've got people like Gary, Gary Leland, um, you know, on, on shows and hosting conferences. And then you've got, you know, people like yourself that are just coming into the space um, all kind of uniquely fitting into this space and are like cogs in, in this new, I what I imagine will be kind of a mon- like you said, a peaceful monetary revolution. It's so cool to see how each, each, I guess, each archetype is going to play their part in this global shift. It's, I love it. I love it.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I check out the book, man. I mean, uh, I appreciate it. It's interesting that that lines up exactly with Ray Dalio's 80 year debt cycles. Yeah. And you're saying it's 420. 420- so that's actually really interesting. Um, yeah one other thing just to like touch on what you said, I know I've been talking a lot, but I wrote a piece called the Bitcoin Renaissance and that kind of aligns with what we are kind of getting at. So maybe we could move the conversation in that direction. But I think having a sound money is, is going to make society as a whole just so much better. And we're going to have this new era of, of just prosperity and, and, and just in general optimism, you know, like I th- I think, we're in such a pessimistic society that's been based off of these fiat uh, uh, ways of thinking and incentive structures, but I think Bitcoin will kind of bring back this new sense of optimism and and just in general, like just new era of, of just of flourishment of of all kinds of different things. I, I think it, yeah. it just I think you know the Bitcoiners have that saying, "Fix the money, fix fix the world." But people don't you know money really does have a, a, a big impact on a lot of things aside from just the financial aspect of it and and that's what i think a lot of bitcoiners are here for like we're here obviously you know a lot of us i mean i got into bitcoin i don't want to speak for you guys but i got into bitcoin because this thing is like a rocket ship going up <laughs> you know but um i i stayed when i when i understood all these kind of philosophical and and um, just just in general like better ways that Bitcoin incentivizes society to act. And that's why I'm really, you know, I'm all in on Bitcoin, not just because like I'm all in because I want all of, I want more return, but because I want to do everything I can like, yeah, my, my, my $50 I'm buying, you know, that's not really going to do anything, but at least I can sleep at night saying, look, I, I contributed $50 towards, and that's the best I could do and everything that I could put forth to contribute towards a better society.
1: I love it. I'm bullish on Will. So is the chat. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) bullish on Will and the new generation of Bitcoin is coming up. Um, Awesome. Uh, Let's keep this rolling. Let's get into our next reason. Um, We have about 170 people watching right now. Smash that like button. Give this a share. Let's keep it rolling. I'm going to toss it to our good friend Guy Swan here to drop his reason for being bullish. Uh, I'm also going to, I just have to step away for a second, but I am still here and I can still hear this, but, uh, guy, uh, yeah, feel free to drop your reason. And, um, if I'm not back before you finish your reason, then keep it simple. You can, uh, tag on your thoughts. Awesome.
2: Um, so
1: I actually wanted to say something about that. Uh,
2: um, the, the dynamic of, uh, the, the quote-unquote unfairness or whatever of the older generation and the younger generation, like having, you know, access to this or kind of being more familiar with it. Um, uh, but then you say, well, they've kind of, like, unfairly benefited. Well, if you, like, really take, like, a huge step back and, like, look at the major picture, like, you see that literally those older generations, whether this was the actual intent or not, what they've actually done is the reason all of their prices and profits and retirements and pensions and everything are propped up is by the liability that the younger generation will pay for it. Like this is why we have a trash economy. This is why even my generation, but even worse, the generations below me are going to get out of college and still just work at Starbucks. You know, it's the, it's the very reason we are in such a horrible situation today is because of the debt that has been, they have pulled all of our futures forward so that they can sit comfortably today. Um, And yeah, that's being corrected and it should be, you know, like. (laughs) How dare somebody be next door. Um, uh, But uh, uh, so, so like on that point, um, like, like, I think this is a this is a necessary correction, right? Um, and it uh, uh in the
1: hold on one second, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I I I would tag on there. Uh, I I definitely agree with the sentiment here. Um, you know, part of the reason that I'm, you know, even able to, you know, myself and my wife now that we're having our second kid, like we we. Finally, you know we we bought a home, we're in a home, and we're kind of you know settling down into this like, like our family home that we're gonna be in for you know years, decades um, and we're kind of like setting out our lives. But I wouldn't have been able to do this without Bitcoin. Not a chance. Like you like uh, coming into it just even with a, a well-paying job to have that kind of a, a down payment to have, the, the funds necessary, you know, in a, a fiat world where you're, you're, you know, you're working nine to five and, and you put away what you can and groceries keep exploding. I can't even imagine with all the money that was just printed, what, what would be facing my children, you know, a couple decades out. When God. they try to finish and, and go into real life, it's it. If Bitcoin wasn't there, I've, you know, I I mm-hmm. I shudder to think. Anyways, guy, sorry, go ahead. Um, uh, no,
2: we had to let the the dogs calm down. They, somebody said they saw a central banker, and I was like, oh God. <laughs> 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 uh, but um, uh, uh, like you know, like this is this is the proper correction. Like the like Bitcoin is the exit. It's them saying, like, like I'm not going to be saddled with this burden. You know, the the burden that has been put on the economy is not of our creation. It's the political systems and the central banking systems. And it was done by selling it to the older generations that this is just what we need. And this is how you get your benefit. And it's I mean, we're in the worst. This is the thing that just gets me is particularly like all my normie friends just think that this is business as usual. And some of them are waking up and being like, this is surreal. There's something very odd going on. But to just look at this from a historical perspective, we're not like in a big debt bubble. We're in the greatest debt bubble in the history of humankind. Like ever. Like this makes the Roman Empire jealous. You know, like it's unbelievable the financial situation we are in. And it is global it's not even, it's in the world reserve currency. It's not like one country that is in this situation. It is the entire fiat system. Mm-hmm. And like Bitcoin is the exit, you know? Uh, and people are, people are opting out. Like they're, they're sick of, they're sick of being on the hamster wheel. Um, and, uh, for, I- for very good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay
3: i wanted to jump on that. Am I echoing a little bit?
1: Nope. Uh,
2: I don't you sound hear like you're echo. in your kitchen, but you, I, don't, I don't hear an echo. Oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I got you. Um, just
4: to tap on real quick, I just wanted to say we've never had an escape valve. so So the manipulation yeah. has been able to take place because – there's never been an alternate system, and God, I got this literally from your podcast with Preston. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but yeah, there's never been an escape valve to step out of the manipulation, and that's what Bitcoin is offering.
1: Yeah, Can you guys- yeah absolutely. We got you, Kes. Yep. Yeah, yeah we got I you. wanted to
4: jump on, yeah, piggyback on that.
3: So, regarding the fourth turning, we're talking about the fourth turning and and how these, these periods always culminate in some huge kind of explosion, right? And that explosion, um, transitions into that next awakening. And I think because of Bitcoin, what we're going to see is, hopefully, um, not an external war, but what we're seeing is an internal war, because we now have a, a sovereign tool, right? Like, um, the invention of gunpowder, the gun, we have a tool where you and I can, can use this tool um, in order to transition ourselves into that better place. And so the war is going to be internal because people have to come to grips with reality and then they have to make a choice. They have to make a choice that I, I need to I want to be accountable and I want to I want to be part of that new place, that, that better world. And I'm okay with that painful transition. Um, and hopefully it doesn't culminate in, in a, in a war, um, like we've seen for, for hundreds of years, because the wars are fought by the, the ones that hold the power, they hold the money, the, the the control over the coffers, right? They clip the coins, they use the money in order to, to get everybody else to fight their battles. Bitcoin puts an end to that. And so, um, you know, my reason for being bullish, um, which I, I'm not going to bring up necessarily yet, but it's it, it kind of comes down to the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. And these federal governments, the U.S. government thinks they're an immovable object and don't acknowledge the fact that Bitcoin's an unstoppable force. And they're going to come to terms with that in a, in a very traumatic way. And we're going to be living through this process, right? Um, because they cannot continue to throw the, the the human energy, right? To throw bodies, to throw our bodies in front of it in order to, to, to kind of triage their um, situation. They're going to run out of that. Because more and more people are going to be like, you know what, I'm going to just step over here and you, you figure out your own thing. And
0: that's going to be the transition. Um, go ahead. Yeah. yeah no, we. I mean, yeah. that's one of, one of the things that we talk about um, in Thank God for Bitcoin is we talk about just about the idea It's like all throughout the. I mean, we use the scriptures to kind of be like an evaluative, evaluative, you know, thing. And so one of the scriptures, scriptural principles that you see everywhere is just the principle of sowing and reaping. And so we live in a world that, at this point, that completely denies sowing and reaping. Like, you know, fiat basically says it allows you to create your own reality by printing. We can get out of any problem by printing money. And so, like, when when you look at, I mean, like Bitcoin, the reason why it works is because it it does follow sowing and reaping principles. Like, there's this basic it, it acknowledges the real world in which it lives in and it lives according to those, those things. And so there's um, Horace, the, um, the, you know, writer who wrote the Odyssey um, or is it, yeah, I think it's Horace who wrote that. No, whoever, whoever, I can't remember what the book is that he wrote, but basically Horace, one of the things that he said was you may, you may drive out nature with a pitchfork, but it will always come back. <laughs> and so I think that like, for, for 100 years, you know, we've had, you know, for especially 50, you know, for, since we went off the gold standard, we've, we've been living against reality. And we've been able to get away with it. And but like those chickens are going to come home to roost. <laughs> like you can't just deny reality forever. And uh, yeah. And so, I, again, like one of the there's is so funny. Like one of the things there's all these like biblical allusions to the situation that's going on right now. And this is this is probably one of my favorite ones is. You have so the number forty in the in the in the Bible is it's it's like a a period of testing or judgment. So you if you guys know anything any history of the Bible like you have like the Israelites were in you know uh, the wilderness for forty years. You have you know all you have let's see there was forty days that the 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 ark was on the waters. So there's the number forty keeps coming up over and over again, and so it just so happens. That from 1971 to 2011, when Bitcoin started to really get uh, its, you know, wide it started to get more widespread attention and be adopted on a more widespread basis is about 40 years. And so, like, for me, again, I'm not saying that's, you know, this is some divine thing, but it just was really interesting to me that fiat ruled the world for 40 years. And then, you know, it's right around then that this other thing comes in. And so, you know, Bitcoin comes in and starts to break down. You know the fiat world that has been you know wreaking havoc uh, on the world, and so then the other cool thing that other people have brought up, I think Breedlove's talked about this, um, is just the idea of again within um, you know the the Jewish framework of things, every 50 years um, they had this year of Jubilee, and so this this is where like debts were debts were canceled and basically like you know and again it wasn't all debts but it was basically a lot of debts. It was basically kind of like this cultural reset. Where you can go back to, everybody can just start over and and, and be a more stable, um, just uh, more sustainable situation. And so if you look at like what's 50 years from 1971 is 2021. And so part of me is like. Wouldn't it be super appropriate if we hit hyper bitcoinization, you know, in two thousand twenty-one? And we <laughs> and get we basically
2: have this, a, a natural jubilee. Like yeah, you you just have this reset thing. the system. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You yeah. Know,
0: so again, I'm not gonna swear by that, but I just think it'd be really cool if they did have it.
4: <laughs> I just I just wanted to tag in, you know, there's in nature, there's this natural thing of of. You kind of the yin and yang thing, you know, you have to have night if you have day and there's this yep. natural course of things. I just wanted to throw in this little excerpt from uh, from Jeff Boots. Uh, yes. of Tomorrow, right? Boots, oh, Jeff, Jeff is movie. awesome. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that book. He's, he says, the problem comes from believing we can outrun inflation and the natural order of things by creating more and more debt. It's a bit like trying to flap your arms to fight gravity. Gravity will win. <laughs> Even a plane using massive gravity to stay in the air must eventually land so like that goes completely with with that whole you know there's a natural flow of things and, and you can try to fight against it as long as you want, but it, eventually nature will work itself out and you you can't out outdo the natural order and flow of the way that things are
2: yeah and I like yeah. in that in that concept too is that the very attempt of government trying to manipulate it is the thing that makes them fail right like it's it's the very it's the pretense of knowledge concept of hayek is that like they are assuming that they can put on reality what they want it to be rather than accept what reality is Um, you know and the the analogy i like to use is that the the attempt to cook the books in order to reshape reality is akin to thinking that you can you, you can fix, you can break the gauge and just like hold it at level in your airplane. And that means that your airplane is flying straight when your airplane is actually going down. Is it like you can pretend and you can make the gauge screw up for a long time and maybe your plane's really high in the air. So it takes you a good couple of hours before you actually land and, you know, hit the mountain. But at the end of the day, like your plane is going down and you're trying to hold the altimeter so that nobody knows that that's what's happening. Um, And so their very attempt to try to mess with the gauge is like trying to say, you know, you know, we caught two fish today, but we're going to write down on this piece, piece of paper that it was three. And we're going to all, we're all going to plan as if we have three meals and, and that's what they're doing. They're just lying. They're just lying about reality. And yes. the very nature of a lie has consequences. That's what yep. makes it false. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but uh, I, I realized we just kind of like, we went way down the stream. If y'all still want to hear why I'm bullish, it has
1: nothing to do with this. <laughs>
2: even, even though it's all of these reasons.
1: Um, this is so bullish already. I was like, oh my God. Um, all right, yes.
2: But uh, my reason for being bullish right now, particularly the last couple of days, I'm going to see if I can get close to the camera. Oh, see these notifications? Yeah. This is yeah. These are my Sphinx Lightning. notifications.
0: Yes. Oh, the oh. people streaming
2: sats to my podcast oh, it's just that's on and on so cool that's awesome. and and they're in like they're in like groups like they'll be like it'll be like blank for like an hour or two and then i'll get like another like 80 notifications <laughs> and uh, wow. and it's just like like one of them like and i can see too because there's like a, a couple of people like it's like nine sats 43 sats uh 22 sats like you know just various because they're all just donating right Mm-hmm. and like just like even think that the the small ones like 9 sats it's like that's like half a penny so like on an hour and a half podcast that's like 50 cent and yeah. like somebody somebody's just paying paying that over lightning constantly okay. and like my Every single week, I mean, I shit. Every time I'm on BT se- session se- show, I'm I, I'm talking about bright lightning. Lightning is the reason I'm bullish, always apparently. Um, But it's literally because every single time I come back on, I'm using it in a new way, or it's it, it's become more reliable, or I have like three new wallets. that are awesome. Breeze just implemented podcast too, so yes. you can now do this with pre- Breeze and Sphinx, and it's just. It's absolutely awesome what you can do with this. And if anybody hasn't listened to Paul um, on uh, TFTC, oh my God! If you want if you just want to get like irresponsibly bullish, that's the <laughs> one to listen to right now. Um, and then at the exact same time, I, I, I liken it to or, or attribute it to possibly the. It's probably a combination of things, but the fact that node software is improving substantially, it's becoming a whole lot easier to actually set up. Umbral is incredibly user friendly. My node, the Raspberry blitz, um, the Start9 embassy, all of these things that are popping up. Node counts are on the rise again for like the first time in two years.
4: For yes. three awesome. years or
2: something like that That's awesome. um and uh pretty a pretty substantial rise and I think it's because there's an explicit benefit now for having it, and the software has gotten that much easier and smoother to implement
4: totally. um yeah.
2: and uh and then also the build out of the lightning network each, everybody's got a node you know like like kind of the idea of like I've got to get my lightning node up is that I've got to have a full node to defend and make my lightning node uh you know, really quick and responsive and basically ready and in sync. Um, And uh, I think, I think that's a big deal. I think as lightning rolls out, we'll see a, we'll see it actually make the, um, uh, the infrastructure layer, we'll actually see the base layer get that much more robust because of lightning infrastructure. You know, they're kind of one in the same. Uh, And I'm, I'm super jacked about that. I think, what we're about to see unfold with strike with sphinx with all of these things like they're just they're little sparks that oh my god there's going to be a an inferno of what you can do with this thing and i think we're only six months to a year out to just just crazy crazy development and
1: uh potential adoption the the breeze stuff is awesome. I I yep. just saw that and I'm just uh, getting set up to have the pot on there. I haven't played with Sphinx yet, um, but like just again, like lightning is getting quite a bit easier. I was uh, messing around with Moon Wallet the other day too, where it's yep. just a single unified balance and there's no there's no delineation between whether it's on chain or off chain. It's it's off chain by default, but like the user doesn't see any of that. And they've implemented these interesting things where, you know, you, you can receive a regular Bitcoin uh, payment just through the QR code, or you can receive like a lightning invoice and it comes into the wallet. It sits in a lightning channel, but they do something called splicing on the way out. So if, if it requires an on chain uh, transaction, it will actually close the channel. Send in in the process of closing the channel, send out a Bitcoin transaction, but the change will actually be creating a brand new lightning channel in the same process in the same transaction. So it's all just simultaneous. Everything is automated on the way out, which is fantastic. And like the user has no idea. Just it just works as and I think. It's yes. a great tool for atomic swapping
2: like if like oh. somebody's on like lightning network like you could just send it to a bitcoin send it to your moon then send it to a bitcoin address like like you know green wallet or blue wallet or something and y- you just don't even you don't see it yeah. you don't
1: use like a service or anything like that you just you just use your wallet it's it's crazy it's so cool um your other guys here have you uh what what are your experiences with lightning thus far uh, and I'm talking as my camera dies, but keep going <laughs> if anybody wants to well, jump in here.
0: Ben, let me just let me just let you know. So uh, I, I just created you an invite on Sphinx. So as soon as I pay for this here, it's like taking a second to load, but as soon as I do that, I'll shoot it to you and you can hop on there in Sphinx and check it out. Um, I, somebody posted today, my my first interaction with Lightning, they said, again, this probably isn't, it's not precisely true, but I think for a lot of people it is. Um, the original, uh, what? how do they phrase it? I can't remember how the tweet was phrased. It basically was like, the first the first intro to lightning for a lot of people was the fold app and for me that was the truth that was the first time i mean like i had heard about it but the fold app was really the first time where i was like i really thought about how to use it and even did use it a couple times um, and so i just think like those guys again that they're, they're just doing awesome work um as far as other things I, i've been playing around with uh, with it a little bit on my on the uh the start night embassy i haven't got it set up yet it's just so many things. They just added the BTC Pay server too, so I'm over there trying to get that set up. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sphinx has been awesome. I just you know reloaded a few times and have sent people stuff. I've used a Strike app um, to to uh, just mess around with. I don't know if you guys have heard of like Tuda or uh, not Tuda What is it? Azteco, Azteco Bitcoin vouchers. Yeah, you yeah. You could yeah. buy non KYC Bitcoin vouchers, um, and they charge like a five percent. Um, you know, royalty fee or whatever, but like, and, so, and you could pay for that with, um, you know, with the, with the strike app. So I mean, I just, it's just such a cool implementation. the fact that it's so quick, it just blows my mind. Every time I use it up, like the money's already there. <laughs> like it, It's already <laughs> settled. It was like two seconds ago. It's already settled and everything is good to go. It's just awesome.
1: That's so, awesome. Kiss, have you, have you dove into lightning? What have you played with yet?
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, I've been running my node for, for the last year and I barely, I barely do anything with it. I I started playing with Sphinx a couple months ago. I haven't uh, opened the app in a little while, but it's, um, it's, it's amazing how much easier it's gotten. And once, you know, once devs kind of automate the channel management and stuff and liquidity that, you know, the, the users needs to be part of that. Now And when that's automated away, I mean, with things like Sphinx, uh, Strike is amazing. You know, mm. I use Strike to, to stack sats. I just send, I send it straight into my Samurai wallet or into a joint market and it's so fast. I mean, I even recommend, you know, to, to, to noobs, just get Strike um, because it's so easy. Unfortunately, there's a limit, a weekly limit on it, but it's, it's so easy to, to use. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. Marty bent um, on RHR a couple days ago. Uh, I don't know if it's a declaration, but you know, he's like by 2022, he, he wants to completely get rid of ads and just have value for value. And I think that's so amazing because like people need to, to kind of step in the front and show people what can be done um, in order to, to build that. You know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of why I wear this mask because I want to like show people you can, you can add value and create and not have to you know, participate in this KYC kind of regime. Like Bitcoin allows that and it's the most beautiful thing ever because you can just provide value on your terms and if that value is appreciated, people will provide value in return as backflow for that. I mean, that's like the most free will kind of, um, you know, Exchange like it's beautiful. It's 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 why I Bitcoin. You know, it's like <laughs> the most beautiful thing, and um, it's it's awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I I love it. I love it, and I think we're only about six months or a year away to where it explodes. I think Sphinx and this like automated kind of like the 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 uh, programmable channel management stuff like that, and you know, it'll be it'll be a huge inflow. I mean, it'll be massive. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, there's a uh, uh, on that point, actually, which is so cool about the whole podcasting 2.0 thing, the fact that this is just you just have your key send, like you just have your lightning address, essentially in the RSS feed. Right. Um, But the really fascinating idea or the really fascinating kind of like fundamental way that it works is that you can split payments automatically just in the feed. So. Like, like, it's just, it's just a detail of like percent and then like the key send address. So, uh, what, and what, uh, uh, Adam, when I was talking with Adam on the show, um, what he talked about is that like, you could have like the people doing your artwork, um, like automatically have like, they put their key send and it's like 5% of whatever the episode is that they did the artwork for just automatically goes to them. There's no middleman. There's no payment processor. There's no splitting it. Like it just. goes to them, 95% goes to the the episode creator. And you say like, you you know, Marty Bent and crew or whatever, they want to go like ad free. They want to see if you could get actually this value for value thing like full on. Um, Well, I've been fighting with how to figure that out myself, like what would the time frame be um, to actually make something like that work. And I've been... Fighting with trying to figure out how to make a private RSS feed and set all this stuff up and like have it so that Sphinx andor Breeze or whatever just has that RSS feed that has a separate public publication of my show with no ads, right? Um, but it's been a huge headache. I have changed my workflow so that it's relatively easy to cut my ads out now, the way I build my stuff for about 40 episodes back now. Um, which is like a month, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I hadn't been, I have not figured out like the technicals of it. And then it just struck me like two days ago that I was like, rather than a trying to figure out all the work myself or B trying to hire somebody else to do it. Why don't I offer to somebody that I'll split the, the, the sats with automatically, like just in the feed with somebody who could work out all the publishing side of it um and so just through the through the idea and the audio knots and we might have some like somebody was working in broadcasting she was like oh i'd love to take a hand at it and just split sets with you or whatever um and i could publish it i'll cut everything out you know i've worked in broadcasting so i know all the ins and outs of it and so like i might actually be able to get it done without having to do any work and like if it if it provides that value, people like the ad-free version, and I got something to show on the show. I gotta be like, guys, go do the ad-free version. It's like fifty cent an episode, right?
0: Do nine sats.
2: Like, yeah. yeah. What is that? Like, the, other, uh, the other thing.
0: It's so incredible. Like, the other thing, like Marty, Marty and NVK were in the in the thing talking about, it, or in, in Sphinx talking about, it, like we can do Clubhouse in here. Like we yeah, could do Clubhouse yeah. style rooms in here. We could do. I mean, they did. They hopped on like a, a just like an audio call. Like whoever was in there that wanted to, they just hopped in. They said, I mean, Paul was just basically saying, you can customize within Sphinx. You can customize this and add anything you want to, um, you know, just depending on what your needs are. Like I, <laughs> in the, uh, yeah, in the Tales from the Crypt little thing, I just made like a couple, I hopped in um, Luca.com and made like a couple logos or made just a couple things just like i mean just little like i made one that was like clark moody is my homeboy or something like that it's like threw it up in there and you know put you know 200 sats on it and somebody bought it you know and so like it's just stuff like that you can just find you create things and just throw them in there and then you know they're if they add value to people they you know people are gonna add them. it's I just it's just incredible if you're a creative person i mean i'm sitting there i'm like man okay uh what can i do to be creative and add, bad, add value to people but i can just imagine people if you're if you're I was thinking through, I mean, like somebody like Breedlove, you know, who's putting out, popping out articles. I mean, he, I'll I'll show his little thing. He's got this uh, Telegram group um, where he's, he's helping and he's starting to write his a next book and you can pay like, I think it's like $3 a month to be in this Telegram group and he gives you like advanced things. But I was just sitting there, I was thinking for his benefit. I'm like, man, he just needs to get a Sphinx chat, throw this in there. And then he can be monetizing the development of the book in addition to, you know, just the, you know, getting feedback from people. So it's just such a cool. The possibilities are just so interesting. Um, yeah, I just love the the idea of like no rent seeking. You know, it, it just if, if somebody's adding value, and you want to again like that. Nobody's forcing you to, to pay a certain amount, but like if you want to, you know, as you have a you know the ability to do so, being willing to pay a little bit more. It's just such a cool model.
1: Um, yeah, so. I love it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And Will, have you have you dabbed dabbled in in any lightning yet, or are you just are you just kind of getting around regular wallets so far? Where are you at?
4: Yeah, man. To be honest, I really haven't checked out any of that. Um, I, I think it's really interesting. Um, I remember Preston did a podcast with uh, Jack Mallers, and I was like, whoa, yeah. and this is yeah. going to change a lot. Um, but to be honest, I have a node, but I just I haven't gotten around to to mess around with lightning. But but I will. Um, yeah. Um, i think more, some um,
1: good if if you're if you're just getting started um maybe try something like breeze b-r-e-e-z or uh phoenix if you're on android or even like moon wallet m-u-u-n all of those are like pretty easy like simple onboarding your phone runs a lightning node um yeah they're, it's cool to use and just play around um and it also, you know, if you are moving money around, uh, even just friend to friend, uh, then you are not paying massive on-chain fees when you when you start to do that. So, yeah, for me, it's been a lifesaver, absolutely.
4: Yeah, I think it's important as well. Um, as we transfer from the store of value to a medium of exchange, it's going to be very important to to see these developments in Lightning.
1: Yeah hundred percent. Awesome. All right. We are down to our last reason for being bullish. We got a double reason from guy. Really? Like, I feel like we, I got double bullish from all of those things. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a ton of people in the chat, uh, leaving messages, everybody smash that like button, give this a share. And we're going to jump to our last reason for being bullish kiss. Take it away. What are you feeling this week?
3: So, this uh this this movement this um build up of uh public sentiment, kind of against bitcoin whether it's like jay powell talking about bitcoins like gold and you know it's highly speculative because obviously they don't think much of gold um or they uh they're also talking about um you know they they don't like the the privacy aspect and and people can't have you know like Swiss banks digital currencies can't be Swiss banks and then the mm-hmm. um, the uh, FATF the uh, that new you know that new um, guidance or pseudo guidance whatever it is so all this stuff building up you have this all this energy FUD and and you know kind of uh, Bitcoin being um, being this like evil energy you know killing the climate killing planet earth we're seeing it right we're seeing as market cap goes up as ngu technology continues to, to to work we're seeing it kind of the 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 hate and the frustration with that you know people have that don't understand where it's coming from being channeled directed you know toward bitcoin and this makes me very bullish because i've always felt like We have to get to that point where they fight, you know, whether it's, you know, these, the sovereigns, the central banks, the central banks, I, I, I know they understand what this is and none, these people are not stupid. Um, you know, they, they are very calm and calculated in what they say. They draw, you know, they're like drones or like robots, but they know what's up and, um, we're getting into that, that, that phase, you know, whether you know, the privacy wars or whatever, where we're all gonna kind of be like tested, right? And like, we actually have to stand. And that makes me very bullish because once we get through that phase, um, however it ends up playing out, I, I feel like that's when we're really gonna t- start living in this hyper-Bitcoinized world. And all this, you know, citadels and, and you know, this this kind of utopia, and I'm using that word very loosely, please, you know, don't run with that word, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's where we're going to see that outpicturing, you know, but we have to get through this phase where this idea that the central bank is omnipotent and can rule this, our planet, like, like that, 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 that emperor having, you know, that, that idea that, that, Deification of them needs to die. They need to die. Um, now that doesn't mean fiat money collapses, um, but it's it's just like this this perceptual filter of them being omnipotent needs to, I think, needs to be cleansed from the global, uh, you know, gestalt.
1: Yeah, it's. I I love what you're saying there, and I I mean the same. Same kind of stuff with, and I just see it in the chat. Somebody uh, bringing up uh, World Economic Forum and and those those types of individuals. You know the what was the what was the tagline? The you'll own nothing and you'll, you'll be own. happy.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's and, not, it's not conspiracy. Like they're telling you exactly what they want to do, and you go back and you read stuff like um, um, uh, the Mont the Jekyll Island book, whatever. I can't remember the the yeah. title of it. The Creature from Jekyll Island, right? It's it's not like they're, they're putting it in our faces now. No. Everything that people have like, oh, conspiracy this, conspiracy that, people can't, like that, you know, it's not organized whatever, um, like it's in your face. So now what? You know, like people, the cognitive dissonance is coming to a head and people have to kind of look at the reality of what's going on and however deep or to whatever degree you want to face that, like pushes coming to shove, and either you wake up or you're going to get, you're going to feel the pain, right? Your purchasing power is going to leave you behind. Like it's going to get sucked through the straw. What is the quote from um, There Will Be Blood? Like the uh, the like I'm gonna take my straw and I'm gonna suck your milkshake or I don't know what <laughs> <Yeah>. your milkshake <laughs> I drink <laughs> your milkshake.
2: I took yeah. it up <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
3: exactly. Like, they can't keep doing that to everybody yeah. on the planet.
1: Yeah, it's this is very uh, akin to the ideas in the fourth turning, where they talk about, um, basically, we're we're in that fourth turning now, where old institutions effectively get torn down, and I see that as as the money, the 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 people, the central banks that rule the ruling class that get to dictate where they siphon people's wealth to um, get torn down and in the awakening, you, you have like this, this era, this, this high for a a new society, um, to come forth. And, you know, if the timing, um, from the last awakening to the new one, um, is, is somewhat accurate that puts us at some point later this decade, that kind of hitting that peak and moving into our new awakening phase. And I honestly, think that that is Bitcoin. And I think that the old guard uh, that gets dismantled is fiat currency and, and central banking. Um, I think yeah, it's this, just time.
0: It's, it's something that will mention. I think it was well mentioned at the, the article about the Renaissance. I mean, just like the printing mm-hmm. press was like the death knell was the beginning of the end for these, you know, centralized ossified institutions like the Catholic church, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, they just, it was the death knell for them. Like as soon as, as soon as, dissent was able to be published on a wide basis it was the beginning of the end for them and so i just think bitcoin is the exact same thing for you know this institution that is central banking that is ossified and centralized and i mean just it's not benefiting normal people it's benefiting a very small group of people um and it's time for it to die (laughs) and (laughs) and the sooner it happens (laughs) the better it will all be and so I, I just think, again, you're like, the, again, it, it's not even just the, the system itself, like all of the people who are involved are old, like these are all old people who, again, like you can, I mean, if we don't have to go in deep into this, but you can argue that a lot of the response to the, to the, to the COVID, like with the lockdowns and stuff, is because the people who are most threatened by the disease were older people. <laughs> and so like all of the, the politicians are, you know, were petrified that they're going to get it and die. And so it makes sense that they would take more drastic measures than if, you know, there were younger politicians. So again, just the, the incentive structure is completely perverse. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's, again, it, it's, Again, from my perspective, again, like this is not everyone's perspective. Like I I think there's somebody like there's somebody governing this whole thing and moving. I think we're going to a certain place. There's somebody the most important thing in the world are people, you know. And so like, you know, I I see this thing like the the current situation, the current system is anti people to the core. And so this thing, this thing can't last forever. It's doomed to fail. And I just see Bitcoin as like as part of what's going to bring about, you know, this this more natural, more sustainable. Um, existence, and, and I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think <laughs> I, it is a lot of fun. Just the the process of doing that. You know, you're you have people who are learning to stand up for for um, yeah. Just there, there's there's more important things than making money. Um, there's more important things than than just doing things that are easy and getting approval of people. Um, I mean, I just see again. That's it's part of what I love about Bitcoiners. Just there's this attitude of. Like this is this is wrong. This is insane. I don't care how much you tell me that this is okay. Like I'm looking, I'm be, I'm humbling myself to look at history, and I see this is insane. This is there's there's no historical precedent to continue down this path and it, everything being okay. It's not going to happen. Um, and so again, we have we have humility and reality on our side, and so we can go triumphantly, <laughs> you know, down the road and and look all of these you know big central bankers in their faces who look all impressive. Uh, but who are just full of hot air. And we can just say, Hey, like you're going to lose either when you, you know, die or, or when these, when this system comes crashing down. So I just think we can have a lot of confidence in that, you know, in those, those things. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to get uh, will's will's uh, take on this on the, the, I guess, kisses. What would you say? Then they fight you phase of the, the uh, stages of, of uh uh morning um or whatever whatever it is but uh people always go about and then they fight you and then you win um will you're you're coming at it almost you were alluding to it earlier it's almost like it's not even on on your front it's not you're not even fighting it's just like an open option for you and you're like well i mean i'll take the better one obviously like it, in your head is it are you, you fighting to dismantle something or is it just like, Hey, I'm just, I'm, no, I'm just doing this.
4: Yeah. You know, the way I see it is, it, it, it's almost like when you think about, you have different planets or, or different like entities out in, in, in space, right? And they all have different gravitational poles. And when you think about the Bitcoin network effect, it's the gravitational pull of, of the bitcoin network is becoming stronger and stronger and stronger and, and if you think about it like a black hole we're we're approaching i guess you could say the event horizon the point of a black hole where where you know not even light can exit and and i think we're kind of approaching that point of it and so i look at it rather than we're taking away from the central bank system necessarily it's this organic growing thing and everything is just getting sucked into this, this thing that's organically growing itself, if that makes sense. Um, and, and in regards to like, first they, they laugh at you, then they fight at you, that thing. I I think we're, we're obviously in that phase where they're starting to fight, but I don't think that, I don't think the central banks are stupid. I think, you know, at the end of the day, their job is to keep stability in the markets and they they understand what what's going on, and I think they uh, they fully know that this thing is is not going to go away. And to go off of what something Guy said earlier, you know the, the fiat currency meltdown that we're having, you know, in, in Weimar Germany. Okay, this is an example in Weimar Germany when when the currency meltdown, a lot of merchants they could just go to they could just transfer over their accounting to a U.S. dollar based system and they could just step out of it. But like I said way earlier, that it's every single currency that, that is going through this simultaneously. So Bitcoin is the only escape valve that, that there is. And so there's that aspect to it. So there's not really any, any country that people can step out to. Um, and, and so I see this the whole game theory of everything playing out we're we're past the point of the the critical threshold, if you will, in in terms of network effects. And I, I actually I I uh, DM'd Jeff Booth the other day, and I was like, because he's he knows network effects better than almost anybody. And I was like, hey, do you think do you think we're like past that tipping point? And he was like, absolutely. And it's it's at the point where it's like if you understand network effects, this thing it, it, Bitcoin's already won at, at mm-hmm. this point, like. The, the entrenchment into now the, like they could have maybe shut it down like five, six years ago. And I, Michael Saylor always gets at this as well. It's like Bitcoin is so battle hardened and it's so now at this point entrenched into the financial system. And there's so many high net worth individuals and now institutions, Tesla is, is probably the most predominant that there's no way that you can really unravel this thing in my, in my opinion. And Another thing is it like people in the United States don't realize because we have somewhat of a stable currency. Like we're not gonna go to Walmart tomorrow and then everything's gonna be double in value, right? And so in that sense, like I, I obviously the currency isn't stable, but in that sense, like overseas in these places like Venezuela, you know, you're looking at um, you know, they're waking up some sometimes and, and stuff is up twenty percent in value. Like so for them, the, the volatility of Bitcoin in the short term, isn't a problem because it's stable compared to their currency. So they've already adopted, they're way ahead of, of everybody else. And so it's like, let's say the United States comes out tomorrow and says, okay, we're, they're putting in some kind of law to, to ban Bitcoin or whatever you want to call it. I don't really think there's any law that you could ban Bitcoin, but let's just say that they try to do something like that. They say they're going to throw everybody in jail. It really doesn't matter because It's it's global, so there's all these other places in the world, and all I mean, honestly, all it takes is one central bank to step in and say, "Hey, we're taking a five percent position in this thing," and then it's it's all over at that point. It's over. It just takes. It
2: immediately becomes a race. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, on the point of volatility, sorry, I just there's this great quote that I love by uh, Timur Azari. Um, He uh, wrote a piece on Bitcoin Magazine about what was going on in Lebanon. And uh, his his little headline, like halfway down the uh, article or whatever, was a volatile currency for volatile times. And he was talking about how like the instability of the fiat system, the the quote unquote price volatility, volatility of Bitcoin is actually preferable to the systemic risk that has grown so great in the only alternative. You know, um, uh, but I just I just thought that was a great quote. and I wanted to add that. It's, oh, well, it's also,
4: if, if you're going to mention the volatility, it's like you're mentioning night without mentioning day, right? Like people yeah. like throwing yeah. out Bitcoin's volatile. Yeah, you're getting 200% risk adjusted <laughs> returns every
2: year. Like, what do you mean? I doubled my money and then lost 20% of it. I'm so <laughs> upset.
4: It's the worst argument. That, that, that is, I mean, in my opinion, that's worse than the government's going to ban it argument. And Yeah, yeah. All the, yeah. I mean, that
0: one's just. Yeah, talking talking about that thing. As far as like if you know, when one of these banks takes a five percent position, it's hilarious. You say that guy because literally, I was I was driving home to get you know to hop on this call, and I, I hopped in Clubhouse. And as I'm in there, I'm in British 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 Huddle's room, and some this an SVP of Morgan Stanley hops in there, and they bring him up on stage, and they start just asking him questions about Morgan Stanley and Bitcoin. And so basically he's just starts bragging about how like how bullish Morgan Stanley is and about how they have all these, they have like five trillion under management and how they're, I mean, just all, they have so many customers who are reaching out. And so like, I mean, they're, everyone's just like started getting, I mean, the, the fervor of the room was like starting to just rise. Like, were oh my God. Questions. Yeah, seriously. Oh deal. my God, I'm so <laughs> <laughs> it's so bullish. Like, like asking him, you know, like, well, like how much, how much, uh, how much do you think this is going to affect Bitcoin's price? And you know, how, how much what kind of percentage or, you know, what kind of percentage of people are going to, he's asking all these questions. And the guy was basically like, I got to go. And it was like somebody, <laughs> it was like somebody heard him talking. And was like, no, get out of here. Like you can't use numbers, you know? And so, I mean, just, but I mean, just that kind of thing. If you're talking, I mean, like they were talking about there, there's like for them, I think they capped it at like 2%. Like you could, your customers, their customers can only put like up to 2% of their net worth into Bitcoin. But then somebody else said like, as soon as, as soon as an ETF comes out, then like those caps go out the window and then you're throwing, you know, like five, 10% in there and five, five or 10% of five trillion is, you know, humongous numbers. And it's just mind blowing the scale and how, how quickly things move, you know, once you get that level of money involved
1: uh that's i i hadn't heard that but that's that's awesome (laughs) i wish i would have been in that room damn gotta get on clubhouse more as if i as if i have extra time to spare i
2: was about to say yeah i need to waste another eight hours on clubhouse uh, yeah
1: i'll
2: just i'll just follow
1: jim i'll just follow bush and we'll be good guys uh we we ran super long i know that you guys probably have stuff to do i definitely do as well so i'm gonna start rounding it out here um but i Guys, I had an awesome chat with you. Again, always the best part of the end of my week uh, to sit down and be bullish with a bunch of awesome Bitcoiners. So I'm going to send it down the line one last time. If you guys can uh, maybe just drop again uh, who you are and where people can find you, whether it be like a Twitter uh, uh, Twitter handle or like anything that you've done that people you website, anything like that, book, <laughs> all of that. Uh, so will take it away.
4: Yeah, sure. So, thanks for having me on. This was an awesome conversation. It was nice to meet you guys. Um, my Twitter is W Clementi which is C L E M E N T E I I I. I'm the third. Uh, and and then you can also look up on uh, Bitcoin Magazine. You can just type my name in and find some of the articles that I put together. Awesome.
1: And let's uh, head over to Jam.
0: Yep. my name is Jordan. Jordan Bush. Um, you can find me on Twitter at J M Bush um, Writes. W R I T E S. And then I, like I said, I contributed to um, "Thank God for Bitcoin: The Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of Money." Um, we actually just today—it's so appropriate—I'm on here with Guy the day that our the Audible version of our book <laughs> releases. So you can go get that on on Amazon Audible. Then um, last I guess it was last week or a week and a half ago. We did a hardcover version as well So the next thing we Jimmy posted this the other day uh, Jimmy song that we're gonna be doing a book release party in Austin um, on uh, uh, Let's see. It is April 7th So if you guys are gonna be in town in Austin, we'd love to see you at fogo to chow. We're gonna do like a uh, Yeah dinner there. So if you're interested, we'd love to see you Awesome,
1: awesome guy You go yo yo um uh, if you want
2: to uh, follow me, I'm at the Crypto Economy um, and at uh, Bitcoin Audible on Twitter. And uh, I got the Bitcoin Audible podcast, 600 and I don't know how many episodes now. Um, and uh, basically any any possible work you could think of that you wanted to read in Bitcoin, in the Bitcoin space, um, uh, particularly all the like essentials and prerequisites. Uh, I've, probably got it in audio um like 98 percent there uh and i got one of will's recent ones actually on there too um and uh probably another one i got i know i got another one in the list um so uh uh, maybe another one of those soon oh and actually on that note um uh you mentioned fourth turning after uh if anybody's reading the book after you read the book uh you should definitely listen to and or read brandon quittam's uh, Bitcoin in the Rhythms of History, which is uh, um, a really great piece. Just taking that whole thesis and applying it to the shift it, that we're seeing in Bitcoin and what the generational story tells in in that context. So it's it's, it's really fascinating
1: piece. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a solid yeah. piece. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's me. Bitcoin Audible, CryptoCon. Awesome and uh to round it out we will go to as coined by the chat the ab that abnormal guy wearing a mask lol
0: <laughs> Kiss,
1: take it away
3: uh you can uh, keep it simple bitcoin.com all the guides are there uh at KissBitcoin on twitter um thanks for having me i love love having these conversations and if um Anybody has any requests on guides, uh, just hit me up on Twitter, email me, whatever you want. If you need any help, hit me up. Just here to be of service. Thanks, awesome. guys.
1: I'll, I'll vote for the mask in saying that uh, he's the only guy on stage who has actual OPSEC. <laughs> the rest of us are super screwed, I'm so screwed. Uh, during, <laughs> I'm during sorry. this fourth so turning <laughs> so he sees the he's the one that's best off out of all of us anyways guys thank you so much i'm gonna cut your audio and video but if you want to say a quick goodbye afterwards you can stick around uh and everybody watching thank you so much for being here again uh, always the best part of my Friday, but please do hit like, subscribe, and share. All of those things help get this content out to even more people. Um, and I love having you here. Uh, and thanks for everybody being in the chat. If you want to help with the show in another way, you can hit up the sponsors I mentioned previously down below. That was Cobo Kobo Bitrefill and the guys over at privacypros.io for the bill to back up your wallets and if you really liked what you saw, we were talking all about lightning today. Uh, you can always drop me a, a Bitcoin lightning network tip, or you can drop me some birthday sats if you so choose. Uh, at my me page, that dot me slash at BTC Sessions. With that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, wherever you may be, and I'll see you guys next time for your daily session.
3: model as Bitcoin.